Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's Thursday. It's November something, 15th. And uh, yeah, thank you. It's a little in and out. I'm talking to Amy. Uh, so, guys, I have a question. Where, from where, does the seemingly extraordinary antipathy come uh, regarding Nancy Pelosi as speaker? I, I, I'm asking because I really don't. I don't know. I don't know what she's done or failed to do that has created this um, sense of her as somebody who is has to step aside. I'm I'm seriously asking. I bet if I if I were listening to more of the cable news talkers like I used to, I'd probably have some more information. But I don't. Um, I I know age is part of it, and I I sympathize with that. I had said the other day, I think she was 80-something. She's 78? 78, I think. And um, I, I'm just, I'm asking, why is it that women in power, and I'm thinking of Democratic women in power, uh, who are competent, like Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, why is there such vitriolic hatred? You don't see the same dynamic, I don't think, with men in power. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there is a misogynistic element here. There is no person more throwaway in our culture than an old woman. I mean, women in general do not have the same status as men, but an old woman, I speak as an old woman, so I, I know. Any old woman will tell you how in a crowd or even walking down the street, how quite clearly um, we disappear. There's a difference in how I could see, could tell that people responded to me when I was young as opposed to now um, that I'm old and it's not like I'm, you know, hunched over on a cane or something, but I, I do present as an older woman. Nancy Pelosi, uh, and again, this is all I know, I under <laughs> she is 
I believe by the estimation of relatively neutral figures, one of the more capable speakers of the House that uh, we have seen. Um, we certainly have examples of speakers who were not capable. I give you the current speaker. Ryan couldn't control his caucus, didn't get much accomplished at all, and that's with a Republican Senate to deal with and a Republican governor, I mean president. It's just bizarre. So why this, um, is it just age? I'm asking, is it just age? Because if you've got, if, you, if, if Democrats have recaptured the House um, and have some power to wield for the first time since Donald Trump has been president and even longer, don't you want somebody at the helm of that body who knows it inside out? and has a proven track record? I, I'm just asking. Why the antipathy? I'm serious. Somebody give me specifics. What didn't she do? Or what did she do? I, I get this from the Wall Street Journal today, Carl Rove's column, no less. I actually peeked at it because yeah, I could tell it was about Pelosi. And he cites three different polls. So I don't, one, the Economist poll said that, uh, it's taken about uh, a week ago, that only 35% of people polled view Nancy Pelosi favorably. I mean, those are Trumpian numbers. Um, although apparently it's less popular than Trump. Um, about uh, three weeks ago, a Harvard-Harris poll had her at even a worse approval rating of 28% with a favorable impression. Um, and a Gallup poll showing her even among Democrats with a pretty low question. So, Okay, so my, my question is, why don't you want experienced leadership now? And two, who, if not Pelosi, who? That's my question. By the way, I just have one more thing to say. This is not a position that a politically ambitious person would want. I mean, not one who's thinking they're going to be president or maybe even senator. I don't know. It is not one. It's a killer of future, <laughs> future success. So somebody who wants to be the speaker is somebody who wants to be the speaker and that's it. No speaker of the House has risen to be the President of the United States since, I don't know, 
I think we have to go back a few centuries. So it's not a jumping off point. It's why Ryan, who had presidential ambitions, did not want to take it, but he was strong-armed into taking it. And you see what happened to his <laughs> political ambitions. They're gone. So who is this phantom member of the Democratic House Caucus who <coughs> will be as capable as Nancy Pelosi and bring something that she has not. Um, the only other thing I want to say, and then I'll go to the phones, is my gut tells me that this, again, is a Republican victory. It's Republicans who have demonized her like they did Hillary, who just start picking away so that she, for their base, is, is it's like conjuring up the Antichrist, right? And so Democrats running in purpley districts, like Connor Lamb in his first win here this year, He made a thing of saying he would not support Nancy Pelosi for speaker if he got to the House. Now, he said that because he wanted to get to the House. And he said that because he was running in a district that was Republican. And Republicans think of Nancy Pelosi as, I said, the Antichrist. So he said he would not support her. And even then, his, his opponent in, in his advertising was saying that Connor Lamb will be in the pocket of Nancy Pelosi. She's that toxic because of the way Republicans have branded her. You damn bet they don't like her. She marshaled through the uh, Affordable Care Act. She's tough as nails. She can count votes better than any speaker in recent memory. So why, other than age, I see the age thing, but age does not trump competence at this point in time to me. So I'm asking. Uh, go to the phones. Uh, caller, hello? 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 Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, Tim Ryan's the one I'd want. Who I'm is hi. he? I keep hearing. What, who? Who's Tim yeah, Ryan? He's union. He's a union guy. He's for the worker, workers' rights. Nancy Pelosi's fine. If we have her again, that's fine. My problem with, and I don't see, I don't paint that brush about gender. I, I go by the person. I don't think a male or a female better than one another could do any job better. I think it's the person. I always believe that sometimes females do a great job. Sometimes they do a lousy job. Same way with males. 
I have, I just, that I, part I don't agree with, but I do agree they've been put down forever. I agree that, and they should be in positions, but I don't pick the gender. I pick the performance of their job and how they, you know, their policies. And what I was disappointed on Nancy Pelosi from the beginning, and I don't, here I go back to the damn Iraq war, I wanted investigations of that. I wanted to break that thing wide open and show that, because what we've done is lowered the bar, and then we got dumbass Trump in there because the bar was lowered so much. If somebody would have been held accountable for, the, for what we did, that would have solved a lot of problems. And maybe okay. wouldn't have idiot in it right now. That part I didn't like. As far as on the male thing, Harry Reid got on my nerves after a while too, and that wasn't a gender thing to me. I just think he was. It was time for him to go. Now she stays in there. That's fine. I think she did a lot of good things. I was disappointed on the investigation part of it. She just didn't want to bring it up for vote or anything. What investigation part of it? What do you mean? Of of the war? The Iraq war. And all oh, that. the Iraq the war. Okay, thing. okay, okay. Yeah, well, she just she okay. Well, because she it. probably I, made the calculation that she had more important. You know, there's just so much you can do, and yeah, let's you can move. Chew gum and walk at the same time. Whatever. I don't know. I I, I, I don't, don't even pretend that. to know, but I. Don't I buy that. Okay. I thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Bye. thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, Laura's done some quick, uh, <laughs> some some quick research. Says God love Google. <coughs> oh my God, is it that little? There's only been in the history of the country one Speaker of the House who made it to the presidency. Wow. And stop and think of what a high position of leadership that is. Right? It's number three in the succession. President, vice president, speaker of the house. And yet only one has gotten to the White House. And that was, ladies and gentlemen, James K. Polk. So I was right. You have to go back a few centuries. Um, yeah, so... None of the really ambitious young things want it. And you can't give it to a, a young thing. You have to give it to somebody who's been there. And what is this Tim Ryan? I really, I never heard of him. Is he somebody who's gotten things done? I, oh, an Ohio Democrat. Maybe that's part of it. He's just sort of like a Midwestern. You know, she, a big thing against her is San Francisco. But that's Republican branding. California, San Francisco, right? This Republican branding against her. In fact, she's really, she came from a, 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 a tight, very Catholic uh, political family in Baltimore, right? Whatever. Anyway, all I'm saying is, I really don't get it. I'll have to school myself on this Mr. Ryan, but I can't effing believe, it's too bad that's his name, but I can't believe that we got to go from one white male named Ryan who was a terrible speaker to we get another white male named Ryan. 
I mean, you have to admit, that's a little odd. It's not an argument against this Ryan guy, but... I just want to say I have this queasy feeling that misogyny is uh, really at the base of this. Um, I don't see any similar thing going after Chuck Schumer to step aside as... Uh, step aside as the head of the Democrats in the Senate. He's no spring chicken. And he hasn't been as effective. He's a lot more wobbly than Pelosi. If I were in the trenches, I'd want Nancy Pelosi next to me. <laughs> I mean, I really would. So, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I think, again... Democrats who turn on her, if we're going to rip ourselves apart uh, about her, we're doing that, and the Republicans are sitting us on the sidelines and loving it. I think Pelosi should remain the speaker, and I think Steny Hoyer and what's his name? I think Clyburn, uh, her her two deputies those positions, they should step aside. And she should start mentoring and schooling maybe Mr. Ryan and some others as to how how you actually do the job. Because she is skilled. No one's answering my questions. All right. We have a call. Caller, go ahead. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. You know, you say, oh, you don't understand it. You understand, you just said it. The Republicans have defined Pelosi, and the Democrats are afraid of that. The, the, the Republicans have been so good in defining Pelosi as some evil person that the Democrats themselves have bought into it. When it comes to actual nuts and bolts getting stuff through, she is, and I, I was one of the people that said, yeah, I don't want to see any more of Nancy Pelosi, but I've rethought my position over the last couple of weeks and think that she would be the most effective Speaker of the House that the Democrats yeah. could do. And, and fuck the know. Republicans, excuse me. You know, Democrats, I, you know what else Democrats backed away from because of Republican branding? The very word liberal. I never, yeah. I never called myself a progressive because progressive was one of those words that liberals came up with when the Republicans had so soiled that word that they had to call themselves something else. Well, again, excuse me, I'm getting my blood pressure up. Fuck <laughs> that. I am a fucking liberal and I'm not a progressive. Jeez, I don't even know what the hell a progressive is. I know what a liberal is. God well, damn it. You're, and you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. right. We're right. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, is it fixed? Are the Democrats uh, playing, are, are the Democrats being the Washington generals huh. to the Republicans, Harlem, Harlem Globetrotters? You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. And, you know. Unfortunately, there, there's not going to be a third party ever come in. It's always going to be Democrats and Republicans. 
and between all the money involved, you know, in, in campaigns, it, I, I think it's always going to be that way. But until the Democrats actually define themselves that say they stand for this, not that they stand against something, it will always be the same. And they will always allow the Republicans to define them. Well. So that's about – that's my two cents. But, you know, I agree with you. I th- and, you know, Pelosi is a really savvy politician. And like you said – she was the one that got the ACA passed through, you know, and that's why do you think Republicans hate, them, hate her so much? No one has and ever managed what she's done. And, 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 and then what kind of party would then throw that person out? Well, A scaredy cat misogynist like party. I don't know. Just like you were talking about yesterday and what's her name, Ocalia Cortez or whatever her name yeah, is from New York. Yeah, you know, fine. She, she, I bet you she's wonderful, and she stands for a lot of the same things that I stand for. But you know what? It's ridiculous to go have a sit-in in Nancy Pelosi's office yesterday when she's not even in office yet. You know, I don't know if she's playing to her base or, you know, just I have no idea what the, uh, what the calculation was there. You know what, but, what uh, Pelosi, Pelosi's response was how wonderful these these young people were in her office and how much she supports what they support. Well, you could have accomplished that by just having uh, knocking on her door and having a meeting. But yeah, I but, I, <laughs> but you know, what's her name? Why do I I can't you know, she's the because she's from New York. She, and because she was a surprise uh, victor, she uh, became a media darling. And again, yep. and again, this is, and Republicans love focusing on her because she's a socialist. And I'm saying, come on, she's not representative of the Democratic Party. She's representative of, I'd say, a part of the Democratic Party. But she's done nothing so far. And I think it would behoove her coming in as as somebody who's not even taken the oath yet to shut the F up and learn how it works. And, I mean, would you come into a new place? Would you? I mean, I have, when I've been ushered into a new situation, like sitting on a board of directors, I don't go to my first meeting and start telling people who've been there for years what to do. Exactly. You know, one of the what? compliments that Hillary Clinton has gotten in the past yes. from Republicans yes. is how she entered the Senate. Right. You know? She and knows to the grindstone. That's what you have to do, right. whether it's in Congress or whether it's, like you were saying, on a board of directors for a nonprofit or whatever it might be. You know? And yeah. So. But you're absolutely right. It, the, the whole thing is about Republicans have defined Nancy Pelosi and Democrats have bought into it. And Democrats then abandon her. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, I, I have no voice in it, but I would support her now. Yeah, and originally, and like what you say, who are you going to get to replace her? Exactly. Well, I mean, one I fellow know. said Tim and Ryan, who, and, you know, do you Tim know Ryan, anything about him? wise is yeah. just fine. Yeah. Uh, he's got a good communications thing. God, I get emails from Tim Ryan for somehow. I don't know how I okay. get them, but I get emails from Tim Ryan. Policy-wise, yeah, I agree with him. He's a good guy. But... Can he count the votes? Can he, you know, corral all these cats? You know, yeah. So. Nobody like her in doing that, and that's the job. So why do you tell her you're out? Why would yeah. you do that unless, I don't know, 
I the know, old that, cutting off your nose to spite your face. Well, that's what you Democrats know, are famous for. So, um, all right, um, I'm throwing my. I will let you get going. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Lynn. Bye. 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 I mean, she annoys me sometimes. Who the hell doesn't? I mean, that position, again, you don't make friends in that. You end up pissing everybody off. Russ writes, when President Obama was being vilified and attacked by the right all during his presidency, the old boy network, or in Pelosi's case, the old girl, well, there isn't one, uh, in the Democratic Party did not stand by him publicly and have his back. You don't think? They didn't. I don't know if I'm remembering it the same way as you. They threw him under the bus during elections. I feel the party needs a new direction, and hopefully someone from the new crop of representatives will have someone rise to the top, male or female. Well, they can't rise now. They're new. <laughs> you got to learn first. This sounds crazy, but so far Connor Lamb has run against Trump twice and beaten him. He is too new, but wishful thinking. Yeah, he's got to learn the... I hope Connor Lamb... I, I, I mean, he has pledged he will not vote for Pelosi. But he did that to get elected, as did all the most of the others, I imagine, who made a similar pledge. And since these guys always have to return to their districts and run every two years, they're running constantly. So they might be more fearful of not, not doing what they pledged to do. But I think it would be a big mistake to knock her out now or to have much of a fight about it. Anyway. In the course of um, talking about that, I heard myself use the word toxic. And um, that, by the way, is the word of the year. Uh, the Oxford dictionaries always choose a word of the year. The word of the year, ladies and gentlemen, is toxic. And it's it made the word of the year because it is now used as an adjective in just about every aspect of our lives. The number one is obviously um, uh, toxic, uh, meaning poisonous. But right behind it is toxic masculinity. And uh, in fact, at first, they were going to make that that phrase, toxic masculinity, the, the word, but um, then they thought the, the, just the sheer variety of contexts in which uh, toxic now shows up in terms of the poisonous political discourse, um, in terms of our poisoned environment, <laughs> 
in all of it. It's just they decided just go go with Toxic. Also in the running with Toxic were Gaslighting, Incel. Oh, come on, don't give those guys even. Incel is the involuntary celibates, the people who like to drive cars into uh, random women because they can't get a date. Uh, and tech lash, which I've never heard. That that just sounds like some kind of media uh, made up word. And um, another word from the short list this year was just three letters, and I don't know what they mean. Somebody tell me. B D E. It says here. It went viral after. <laughs> Ariana Grande used it in a now-deleted tweet to describe her fiancé at the time. And I think she goes through fiancés, really. My God, the woman who used to torture me as my personal trainer um, had Ariana Grande uh, show up uh, at her gym here in Lawrenceville, I mean in Garfield, uh, because at the time she was uh, dating... Or Mac Miller. Um, so BDE. Somebody tell me. It might probably mean something. Uh, something you're not supposed to say. Uh, I, I can't even imagine. Um, so that's it. And tech lash is defined as a widespread negative reaction to the growing power and influence of uh, large technology companies. <laughs> God. All right. Well, anyway, there it is. The word toxic, beating out, gaslighting, BDE, tech lash, and incel. What was it last year? It was some stupid thing last year. Oh, here it is. I, uh, it, youthquake. What? Did you ever even hear anybody? They really screwed up with that. Youth quake. Uh, and the year before that, it was post-truth, which I think makes more sense. Uh, BDE stands for Big Dick Energy. And together with the longer phrase, it started taking the internet by storm in June. Just who said it at first is not completely clear, although a search of Twitter indicates Big Dick Energy may owe its beginnings to fans mourning the celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain because he had lots of Big Dick Energy. Excuse me while I barf, okay? God. Milton says, Lynn, Tim Ryan, should you choose to educate yourself? Sounds like Mission Impossible. <laughs> Should you choose to educate yourself about Tim Ryan, representative of the 17th Congressional District in Ohio, is that your district, Milton? I know you're in Ohio. Anyway, you also need to decide how you'll spend the remaining... F <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll just read it, okay? Sorry. Should you choose to educate yourself about Tim Ryan, you also need to decide how you'll spend the remaining 55 minutes in that hour, as there's really not much to know. 
He's a rank-and-file Democrat who has consistently voted along party lines. He is a dedicated foot soldier for the party and has yet to introduce a single piece of legislation that has been successfully ratified. He became popular on MSNBC and CNN during the 2016 election as a progressive voice of the Rust Belt. He represents Youngstown, Steubenville uh, area. Oh, okay. Um, so close to close to us. Uh, you are, Milton says, completely spot on about the current disdain for Pelosi. If the new generation of Democrats falls for this anti-Nancy okey-doke, we deserve all the failure that will follow. She will get the job done. Just because those sailing on a ship choose a new and different destination doesn't mean we should replace an adept and capable captain. Well, why isn't everybody as smart of a, as us? Pelosi! 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 Serious! God! Damn! Just walk, do everything the Republicans want you to do. Run away from our most effective leaders because they demonize them. They've made them toxic. And it's why these people like Connor Lamb had to disavow her because he wouldn't know, he could well have not won in his first congressional race this year. Oh. Okay, so there's that. What else I got here? I had that. I had this. Donald Trump actually came out for something I'm also supporting. That th this is, you know, it's mind-boggling. I'll. He has, although he sometimes says he's going to support something, and then of course doesn't. But he yesterday did say that he was uh, in favor of this uh, bipartisan proposal to begin, believe me, just begin to uh, right the wrongs that constitute our supposed justice system. Uh, and in fact, uh, the bill is called the First Step Act, just the beginning. And mostly, I mean, in a nutshell, what it would do is allow judges both at the, um, well, at the federal level to have more discretion to not have to be held to minimum sentences. Uh, it would allow judges to lighten drug sentences, uh, to take into consideration that somebody's a nonviolent um, drug offender, um, also, it could uh, potentially help release a whole bunch, thousands of people, mostly, of course, African-American, who are serving long jail terms because of crack cocaine, while a whole bunch of rich white guys who used cocaine, but instead of smoking it like crack, they snorted it up their noses, uh, they, they ain't rotten in prison. So it was a total racial thing going on. 
If you have crack, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. If you have cocaine, we'll slap you on the wrist and let you go back to being a hedge fund manager. Ah, look, this First Step Act. It also would mean that it would be against the law to shackle pregnant women. That's something that goes on around here in our county jails. Pregnant women, women in labor, are shackled. <coughs> I, I can't. I mean, we need a law about that? I mean, Jesus, God Almighty, anyway. I mean, so this is the kind of bill that, uh, you know, people, obviously, this is a big, the ACLU is really, really behind a lot of these efforts, but also supporting it. Now we have Donald friggin' Trump, and we have the Koch brothers. And the reasons, of course, are different for all of coming at it from the right and from the left. The left's coming at it in terms of getting rid of the just clear racism and misogyny and uh, unfairness of our current uh, sentencing guidelines and, and laws. But the right is coming at it <laughs> the way they always do. Money. Money. I guess they don't want to encar they've now decided they don't want to encar even though the mil the uh you know prison industrial complex is huge, they think enough already with the amount of public money that is being spent uh keeping <coughs> people behind bars. Okay, so that's just pointing it out. Meanwhile it hasn't happened, but just saying. Oh God. Florida. So these these signatures um, in both Georgia and in Florida, where we don't have results on some pretty important races, some of the hang-up is because these states use a person's signature as the major identifier. And stop and think about that. <laughs> Be because... Have you seen people's signatures, like how people's signatures, right? I, I'm always, I, up until really very recently, when signing, like on one of those pads, very, I mean, it was totally legible, Lynn Cullen. And then I would see the people in front of me, or whatever, and they go like this, <laughs> right? And I'd think, how can that be your signature? That's what I'm thinking. I'm a little conscientious mispenmanship. And I also know, because I have a son of a certain age, and his signature looks... <laughs> I mean, I can tell when he has to sign something, it's like... And I always say, make it legible, because his writing is illegible. 
They're not even teaching script anymore. So young people don't know how to do it. And their signature is not in any way solid. They never do it. So these matching signature things, man, this would be a great way to knock a lot of young people's ballots out. I'll tell you that. That much we know. It's just not something that any smart person would use anymore as an identifier when there are so many other possibilities. I mean, now, unless you're buying some booze at the state store, most places you go in and use your credit card, they don't ask you to use, they don't even want your damn signature anymore because everybody's is indecipherable. It doesn't matter. So some poor soul who just like, blah, 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 their vote's gone. Because it doesn't look like the time they went blah, 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 on their driver's license or something. Jesus H. Anyway, we have a call, I believe. Caller, hi. Hello. Hello. This is your paper boy. My paper boy. Yes, Kurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, who's my paper boy? I actually once went on a date with my paper boy, so I thought maybe you were him calling from the past. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good story that you ought to tell somebody. Yeah, right. Um, so, hey, now, what? What, Kurt? Well, I was, I was thinking a bit about, you were talking about getting invisible as you get older as a female, I think. My experience is a bit different. I, I retired recently, and, you know, I've got the gray beard, and uh, sometimes it's a little emasculating when people are so deferential, but <laughs> decided to take advantage of that, you know. It's like, well, of course I can do that myself, but if you want to carry this wet, filthy bag of peat moss to my car for me, you go right ahead. So uh, I'm enjoying that, but, but the other thing is I think my interaction with people is better because as a man I'm now less of a threat. You're so less. Women will talk to me. You're less of a women, threat to women, to women, because you've been. To women, and I'm not competing with other men. You know, there's not this headbutting, uh, rams banging horns interaction that's supposed to happen because uh, I'm older, so I'm harmless, and I'm not, uh, not a competitive threat either. Right, and that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't upset you. That you're looked at as oh, that, no, that, that you're right, emasculated. You can actually relate to people a little better because some of that stuff is toxic. That baggage <laughs> that comes along with being a man goes away. Yeah, you've lost some of your toxicity. Yes. Yeah, but for a woman, yeah, yeah that's I. Uh, it doesn't work that way for a woman. Probably, yeah, I, I get it. I'm just uh, well, that was why I thought I'd bring it up because it is it's different and I, I suppose you could work it differently too it's like yeah men may not be paying attention to you because uh, yeah they're not interested for uh, right uh, for sex I mean I'm a se for, if, if for a woman reasons, but maybe you can be more engaged with them because they're not <laughs> oh well that's true yes that's true um, right but it also it pisses me off because it says that a woman um, is is only valued 
um, is only sexually attractive up until what? I mean, for some men, that cutoff is like 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been downhill since 23. Yeah, but on the other hand, you're finally getting a genuine response from people instead of... Uh, yeah, but that genuine response is often dismissive. Yeah. But come to think of hey, it, but, but if that's what their reaction is to me, because I'm an older woman, you'll pardon me, but fuck them, right? I wouldn't want to talk to them anyway. Yeah. No, and it's fun because I, I find I can even, uh, like, flirt with the younger men, and uh, they, they don't realize that's what's going on, and ah. uh, they don't mind. And that, ah! <laughs> oh, which, which never, which never would have worked twenty or thirty years ago. You know? <laughs> what you'd get punched in the nose if they weren't. Uh, what? Right. Yeah. Oh wow. So you feel you know, free at last. Stuff, but, uh, yeah. Well, I think I've but, noticed that I'm more flirtatious too now with some men because again, there's nothing, ain't nothing gonna happen. So you can just play at it I guess right. and it yeah. probably yeah, yeah and I don't even know if the men are noticing it like as you say, I'm there pulling out all the stops being flirtatious and they don't have a clue that's what I'm doing right right <laughs> oh god well Kurt my paper boy I want to thank you again and um, for delivering my paper he sends me the PG every day Hey, if I could hit on one little more serious subject. Of course. I, I think locally, somebody that ought to be recognized for uh, speaking truth to power and, and an act of real bravery, I think, is this uh, bar owner, Stephen Copey, if that's the way I pronounce his last name, the fellow that has offered evidence against the Pittsburgh police for beating up those bikers. In his bar. Now this is on his bar. I okay, mean, I, I, you know I've been afraid to write letters to the editor for fear of police retribution. And what he's doing, even though all he's doing is telling the truth, he doesn't well, seem to have any accent grind. Kurt, for those for those brave, people who don't know about this, and I barely do because I it's not a story that I paid much attention to. Um, there was a real melee right in this guy's bar um, right. in, in Pittsburgh, and it involved some bikers and off-duty or undercover Pittsburgh police who were in the bar drinking, right? Yes. And whatever, a, a, a melee ensued. I, I saw in the paper today our district attorney has has thrown out all the charges that the cops brought against these bikers. But are any of the cops going to be charged or disciplined? Well, I, I would hope so. I mean, I'm afraid we'll probably go down the same road we had with Leon Ford and uh, yeah. uh, Jordan Miles, where you know the city gets sued and we all pay a couple hundred dollars in taxes to, for the lawsuit and the cops continue to work. But, <clears throat> no, if you read the story, one of the things that happened is the police called the bar owner and said, hey, we're sorry. We destroyed the hard drive and your security equipment trying to get the evidence off of it. Are you kidding? And the bar, no, yeah, and the bar owner said, well, that's okay, because the, uh, the police review board and the defense attorneys already have copies. <laughs> and he, could, he, said, <laughs> he said he could hear the detective on the other end of the line gasp, you know. 
So, oh. yeah, the police were, clearly they destroyed evidence deliberately to cover up what the surveillance tape showed, which was a completely different story than they had given. And so you're saying yeah, this, this bar owner is a brave guy because those cops could really cause him trouble. Right. right. Yeah, he, he could become a nuisance bar or, you know, they could just step up police actions for everybody that walks out of there and card mm -hmm. them or whatever they could do to harass a bar owner. I think, uh, uh, I really do. I think, I think what he's doing is very brave. And even though all he's done is what any good citizen ought to do. But, um, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. It's amazing. Wow. And I, I don't like. I don't. I don't know why the guys that shot Leon Ford are still on the police force. That makes no sense. You t well, because they're white. Because they're cops. And uh, Leon Ford, the young man who was shot, is um, announced his um, intent to uh, run for s uh, the city council, which is great. Against Ricky. Yeah, is, is that your district? No, that's it's close. It's close, but it's not. Other side of Penn Avenue. Yeah, I'm on the other side of Penn Avenue. That's uh, yeah, that's Ricky Burgess's district, who could use, who could use a good challenge. That's good. Yeah. All, All right. other issues aside, though, I can't imagine that if any of us uh, caused our employer to be sued successfully for negligence to the tune of five million dollars, we would not still have our jobs. That's probably true. <laughs> Kurt, thank you. I pre right. appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Thanks okay, for you. Me. Have fun. Okay. That's the paper boy. All righty. Uh, now, what do I have here? Ray. Ray writes, back when I was in CMU, I took a cognitive psychology class that was attached to the early... AI attempts to figure out creativity. One of the topics was trying to figure out how we play chess and can, to com can a computer reproduce the process, not just the results. Oh, you're already all getting in over my head. One of the hypotheses was that we as humans don't calculate all future moves, right? but rather learn patterns in the gameplay. That was something harder to reproduce with computation. What was interesting is that the real masters looked as hard at the patterns of play by their opponents as they looked at their own. Later in life, I heard it explained pretty well as, quote, the best chess move is the one your opponent least wants you to make. Right. We Democrats are so self-absorbed with our own game, we don't always see what game the opponent, that would be the Republicans, is playing. I don't feel any animosity toward Pelosi, but can we ask, who do the Republicans not want in that position? We need to learn how to finish a win. I have to tell you, I think it's quite clear who they don't want. I don't think they want her because of how effective she is. And their attempt to, yeah, push a lot of Democrats in fear to disavow her helps them perhaps not get Pelosi to deal with, right? 
we'll just be doing her bidding. Ray says, it's a great article in the New York Times on the brain and time consciousness. Ray, you're so much smarter than me on this. I can't, I, my head spins. Uh, you know what it is? I'm lazy. I, I get very lazy, which is not good because I work my brain in ways that is, in ways that are easy for me. So, you know, I'll do crossword puzzles, like, forever, but I won't do Sudoku, which is what I should do, because that would really exercise my brain since I'm lousy with, with numbers, you know, or Ken-Ken, which I took a stab at, and wow, that's tough for me. Um, Larry Richard interviewed Gloria Steinem last night at the Pittsburgh Pub, oh God, why didn't they ask me? Big mistake. Did I ever show you the great picture of my mom and Gloria? Gloria Steinem was in Green Bay, of all things, um, at St. Norbert College, where my family endowed a Peace and Justice Center, and she was in for a specific thing. And I guess a, a good friend of hers has a position there, or was speaking. I'm a little mixed up. And there was a, a party or something at someone's house in advance, and my mom went, and she was talking to Gloria, and somehow it came up that Steinem, somebody else said, do you know how old this woman is? She said, <laughs> pointing at my mom, and they said, she's 96 years old. And Steinem said, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would like... So they write... Somebody took a picture at that point with the two of them. And do you know what? I swear... I can't find that picture anywhere. When I... I was looking for it the other day. Because my mom looks every bit as good as Steinem in that picture. Steinem didn't take a great picture of that one. Um, and she's such a beautiful older woman. But she's a youngin' to my mom. Anyway, yeah, I would have been... Be I mean, I, Larry Richard's a great guy, but why would they not have... Oh, well, what difference does it make? Um, so, did anybody go see her? Was it any good? Is she for Nancy Pelosi? Just asking. Oh, and I, I, how, can you even begin to imagine the dynamics between Kellyanne Conway and her husband? I mean, seriously. I mean, I used to think the odd couple of uh, Carville and Mary Matlin, you know, wanna, I mean, both of them, you know, in the trenches for opposite parties. And and yet they had a marriage. And I, I decided with them, politics for them is a game. It It is like what Kurt was saying. The, 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 no, it was like, excuse me, what Ray was saying about a chess match. It's the chess match. So they can appreciate the opponent's moves and theirs, and it doesn't get in the way of their relationship, I guess. 
but I'm sorry. <laughs> With the stakes as high as they are. I mean, Conway, uh, uh, both Conways, um, they really are on the same page in terms of just being conservative as hell Republicans, because he is. He just is one of those conservative Republicans who whose stomach turns when he looks at what Donald Trump has done to conservatism. But wouldn't you think that would get in his way in terms of his wife being one of the major... I don't get that. I really don't get it. And now he has founded this group called Checks and Balances, which is a bunch of really conservative Republican lawyers, mostly, uh, part of the, these are people who are, belong to the Federalist Society. These are people who are totally behind Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. But they think Trump is a bridge too far. As one of them said, the basic point this group is trying to make is that the rule of law has to come first. Politics has to come second. So they're saying country over party. Um, and, you know, Tom Ridge is part of the group. And they've come out, right, as the Federalist Society is doing their um, convention. And these guys will be at that convention. So... It's a good, uh, I mean, it's good uh, that we now are starting to see some uh, respected, on their side, respected conservative Republicans and jurists and lawyers coming out and saying, we have to stand up and against this administration. Um, geez, one of the people who belong to it, the Checks and Balances group, is married to the head of the Federalist Society. That's how much they're all of a piece. But the Federalist Society is the one who gave Trump the list of names of all the judges. They're, he's doing their bidding. But you got some of them turning on him. Here's part of their what their statement says. We believe in the rule of law, <laughs> the power of truth, the independence of the criminal justice system, the imperative of individual rights, and the necessity of civil discourse. We believe these principles apply regardless of the party or persons in power. Um, Well, there you have it. I just have a few seconds left. Ray, how'd you get a medical marijuana card? Ray says he's got a me How come everybody's got one but me? I'm still out there on the black market risking arrest. Jeez. All right. Good for you, Ray. Damn. I'm going to, um, yeah.
I'm wishing for irritable bowel syndrome. I think that's the one I could most easily get to. Anyway, we got to go. I got to go. Amy's got to go. She's got a bus to catch. Uh, bye, guys. Thank you very much for um, listening to me, if you did, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.